Mac Power Users, episode 521, Taming Notifications. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, joined by my pal and yours, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you today, Stephen? I'm good, David. I'm in a weird location. I'm, I'm borrowing a conference room in my brother's office building because I yeah. don't have any power at home. So it's it's a uh, I brought a bunch of gear and like camped out in here. So it's it's a little strange. If I sound a little different, uh, I apologize. But uh, yeah, life of an adventure this week. Well, I feel like you actually your room sounds really good. I, you sent me a picture. There's a bunch of audio foam in there. Yeah, and uh, you actually in some ways sound better. So I don't know what to tell you, man. Oh no, <laughs> there's <laughs> it's a much bigger room, but yeah, we we've treated this room pretty well. He he does some recording in here, so. It's, so uh, did you just attach the wheels to your Mac Pro and just ride it down yeah, the hill yeah, to your brother's no, office? It's it's at home in the dark. Uh, I'm on my laptop today, so. All right. Well, I think you sound great. And um, today we are going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, and that is the dreaded notifications. And uh, you may ask, why are we doing a whole show on notifications on the Mac Power Users? Well, uh, the outline, which we started a while ago, the very first quote in the outline is, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what I was thinking when I wrote that, but it's kind I of think intense. you can kind of get the idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's a topic that no matter what collection of devices you have in your life, we all deal with it. And yeah, and as the you know, in the beginning, like the iPhone didn't really even have notifications outside of phone calls and and messages. But then we got the App Store and Notification Center, and now we have the Watch, and like they're just everywhere. And I think a lot of people, I think including the two of us, feel like it it, it gets out of control really easily. So we want to. Yeah kind of talk through the ways we can manage them, some of our advice, and kind of walk our way through it. Yeah, it's a problem, but it's a solvable problem. And today our goal is to help you solve that problem. I remember when the Apple Watch was first released, there was a slew of reviews that were saying, hey, it's a great thing. The only thing I don't like about it is it just keeps tapping my wrist and bugging me. Mm -hmm. And it was making me really angry because these were like tech writers. And the Apple puts the power of these notifications entirely within your control and that these people wouldn't bother to adjust the notifications to their, um, to their liking and then mm -hmm. complain that that's a bad feature in the watch. I just, I don't know. It was got, got me riled up a little bit. Yeah. I, we're we're going to, we'll have a section about the Apple watch, but I think one thing Apple maybe got wrong at the launch of that was that every notification you had on your phone was on by default on the watch and that's not what most people want or need and you know over time people have, have figured it out but yeah that was a really interesting point during those initial reviews now what four or five years ago that yeah okay you, you could dial that back like it doesn't have to be dinging your wrist all the time well I, there was a time on the iphone that apps didn't have the power of notification and and notifications i think in principle are a really great idea you know as you have this personal technology you carry in your pocket or you strap to your wrist uh, or even set on your desktop there you know the idea that you can get important information relayed to you on a timely basis is a very useful feature and um, while the theory is great the practice is terrible because app developers have all of the incentive in the world to want to get in front of your eyeballs so uh, they're using every excuse in the book to try and throw notifications at you and as users, we've got to figure it out, you know. Um, 
Somebody told me once about the email notification you get, you know, and it used to be every five minutes, you know, but then it's evolved to the point where every time an email lands, uh, you can get a notification, which is way more than every five minutes. But the, um, but you know, the idea was the analogy of what if someone could stand behind you and tap on your shoulder while you were working and what if they could do it every five minutes? And I've got a whole bit I do on this when I talk about email in front of people, but it's like 12 times an hour and you start doing the math for the days, the weeks, the years. And it's like, how do you get any work done with that person tapping on your shoulder every five minutes? Well, notifications are even worse. Um, but you have to look at the motivation. You know, if somebody just won the national hot dog eating championship, is that a reason to be tapped on your shoulder? You know, probably not. But if your daughter, <laughs> you know, if your daughter just broke her arm, you know, that happened to me once when my daughter actually broke her ankle and I got a notification. I was at, I think I was at a conference or something. And it's like immediately, you know, spring to action um, because, you know, we've got an injury. And so, so, you know, as a user, you want to be able to make it so those notifications matter to you. And, and you have to fight the fact that all developers want to, to send you notifications. And the other problem I think that happens with this, and I think this is kind of a source problem, I know for me and probably for some of our listeners is that there's this optimism when you install a new application. I have it all the time. I hear about some app and everybody tells me how great it is and I install it. And Apple makes them ask you for permission for notifications. But that moment of optimism when you install the app, it is very easy to say, yeah, sure, you're going to change my life. You can have the right to notify me. And you, you do that a couple times and before you know it, things are out of control. I think one of the key takeaways for the show is you need to change that default. An app needs to earn the mm-hmm. right to, to tap on your shoulder rather than you just granting it to them. I came across that last week's show where we rounded up all the weather apps. You know, oh, I installed oh, like boy. two dozen apps <laughs> on my phone. We didn't even talk about the ones we tried. Yeah. And I, part of that testing for me is i want to see what the notifications are like and then we had like a storm front come through and my phone would oh not stop going off <laughs> it's like every weather app was telling me at slightly different times about a storm that was incoming and and we're going to talk about ways that apple has given tools to users to manage this but there are also rules like in the app store guidelines about what sort of notifications apple says are allowed and aren't you're not supposed to use them for purely promotional things within your application but the reality is Apple really can't enforce that because these notifications come from, you know, thousands of different developers in the app store. And it's just, it's not really feasible for Apple to police that. I wish they they would. I wish there was a way they could, but they can't. And so it's, it's up to us to go through and really see what, you know, what matters. Is it important? You know, maybe the hot dog national, you know, eating championship, like maybe that is a big deal to you and you want that app to notify you, but chances are you aren't and you don't. And we can talk through how to how to manage that better. I mean, and the fact is, even Apple violates its own guidelines because yeah. we get promotional notifications from Apple all the time. So uh, they are, you know, notifications like weeds. You have to constantly prune them back, and um, and that's the goal today. So we're going to talk about how to do that on the various platforms, and you know, what apps make the cut for us, and and some other general strategies to to get better at this. Yeah, because I mean, it's so interesting. These devices, you know. Support we're around the 10th anniversary of the iPad. It's been thinking a lot about that and, and just take the iPad and the way that it has changed. It's, it's, it's the be- the beginning where it was a pretty simple device and now it's, it can be your computer and, and, 
and Mac OS 10, you know, back in the day didn't have a centralized notification system and people installed Growl and things like that to sort of wrangle them all in one place. And then it got notification center. And as these devices have become more part of our lives and more complicated, this becomes a bigger and bigger deal. And it's, you know, it kind of sneaks up on you. I really like your analogy of weeds, right? You just don't wake up one day and your garden is full of, you know, plants you don't want. It happens over time. And if we spend a little bit of time sort of as we go, it doesn't have to be a big deal where, you know, we're spending four hours sitting down with all our devices to fix all of this. Maybe that's how we start. But if you, if you do the upkeep, this doesn't have to be a big deal to keep it in check. Yeah, and and now, frankly, it's easier than it's ever been to do this. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Bowl & Branch, the folks who make the softest organic sheets and luxury bedding. Bowl & Branch sit, my wife and I, a set of the sheets. We have a queen-size bed, and holy moly, like I feel like a prince all of a sudden. It really is, really is amazing how nice these are compared to what we had and what I like is the attention to detail. So the packaging, the unboxing, all of that is just really top-notch because Bowl & Branch products are made with uncompromised quality. And that attention to detail is present every step of the way. These are meticulously crafted from pure 100% organic cotton. They're such high quality because of the organic long staple cotton that is used, which actually means that Bowl & Branch sheets will get softer over time. They're the only bedding, and this is true, loved by three U.S. presidents. Can't can't say that about the sheets you're using now, I bet. Bowl and Branch really are the good guys when it comes to ethical manufacturing. All their factories prioritize workers' empowerment and sustainable income. 100% of their packaging is made from recycled paper, and they're the first manufacturer of linens to be fair trade certified. You really need to give these a try. Shipping is free. You can try them out for 30 nights risk-free. And right now, you can get $50 off your first set of sheets by going to bowlandbranch.com and use the promo code POWERUSERS. Go there, upgrade your bedding. You won't regret it. One final time, Bowl and Branch. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H. Bowlandbranch.com and use the promo code POWERUSERS. Get $50 off your first set. Our thanks to Bowl and Branch for their support of Mac Power Users and all of Relay FM. Well, they must be really good. I didn't know there was anything three U.S. presidents could agree on. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so notifications. I think for the longest time, and, and we're going to start. Um, yeah, you know, we're going to start with iOS because I think that's where the problem is the biggest for most people, but. I think for the longest time, it was almost punitive, the process of managing notifications. Uh, so what, what you had to do is you had to go into the settings app, go to the notifications tab, and then you had to manage all the notifications on a per app basis. Um, that's still true, but it is better now. And that is a, a recent addition to iOS, uh, making it much more possible for us to prune the weeds. So, of course, for a long time, iOS apps have had to ask for notifications, right? They've never been able to just send you something. And I think that's like step one, right? When you're setting up an app for the first time, you launch it for the first time, there are a lot of panels that come up, right? Maybe it wants to access your contacts or calendars if it's one of those types of applications. 
maybe your location. But one of those is notifications. And I am guilty of this where I sort of just tap through those screens without really stopping and considering if it's something that I want. And like, that's, that's sort of the first gate we kind of, we can walk through is, do you want this app to send you notifications at all? But even within an app, a lot of more complex apps will send you different types of notifications. So an example of this is maybe an app that, you know, used to track sports scores, something like maybe the ESPN app or the score or Yahoo sports or something like that. A lot of those you can go in and actually say, Hey, I want to know, you know, maybe the start of the game and the final score, but I don't need, you know, I don't need every touchdown to send me a notification. I don't need every change of score to send me a notification. And you, that way you can kind of get what you really want without being bombarded. That's different for every app. A lot of the weather apps we just spoke about have this too, where you go in and really fine tune what an app can send you, but it can be a good way to bless an app with notifications, but not let it run away from you at the same time. Yeah. Like for instance, I allow uh, carrot weather to send me a daily weather forecast mm-hmm. and it's just a notification it is um, in notification parlance. It's a banner that comes down from the top of my iPhone and just tells me the high and low for the day. And I found that that is a, an acceptable notification for me. I, I do like in the morning knowing what the weather's going to be. And if I forget to ask my HomePod, my uh, my phone tells me. A bit of automation, as you would say. Oh, yes. That's, that's, your, uh, that's your thing. So here is the... Uh here's kind of the deal with the different types of notifications. So you mentioned that they can come down from the top of the screen. There's actually different types of alerts on iOS. So we have things that come to the lock screen. So your phone is locked or unlocked, but you're not on the home screen. You're just on that, that lock screen. Those notifications can live there. You can have them delivered into notification center. So when you pull down from the top of the screen, they're, they're visible there. You can get banners, which is what you talked about where they roll in from the top you can get badges, the little red, you know, number on the red circle, and then you can have the the whole uh like the whole shebang. So you can you can mix and match these things for what you want and you know, you can even have sounds if you're the sort of person that leaves your phone off vibrate. I am not. My phone is always on vibrate. You can mix and match these different alert types per application. Yeah, and they have different you know, consequences like, for instance, a lock screen notification shows up and usually requires you to 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 dismiss it. You know, you're going to have to tap on it to make it go away. There's also a setting where you can set the banners that slide down, like my weather banner with um with care weather is just temporary. It slides down, then it goes away. I don't have to perform any action, but you could also make it where you have to physically tap it to make it go away. And that's something you should think about with these notifications i mean what is there like the my child broke her arm that's a notification i want to be persistent until i i see it you know and the way i handle that is is messages from my wife right and so uh, you know depending on what the source is and what the type of data is you need to give some thought whether you want it to be a persistent or a temporary notification do you have any that you uh keep persistent. I think I'm trying to think through what I use and looking through my phone. I, I have all of them basically roll off. I don't have any of them st- stick around. 
Yeah, you know, I I don't either. <laughs> After I make the big story about my wife and my uh, <laughs> my child, it would it's it said as temporary for messages. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, and it has actually got me in trouble because she'll say, "Hey, did you read my text?" And I'm like, "What?" You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm busy doing something. Yeah, I, I, like there's something I could probably improve because <laughs> you have the ability to set a message. So with messages, for example, we'll, we'll go through some of these apps in further detail later, but you can set what types of messages get through and then you can set them as, as um, more permanent. Mm-hmm. But um, so you've got all these settings and the I think the big hang up with this with the initial implementation is in order to manage these notifications, you had to go into the notifications app and look at all these buttons for every app that you had notifications turned on for. And for a lot of people, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I, and I think about not only the MPU listeners, but the people who are not MPU listeners, the people who are not super into their phone, they're definitely not going to do that. And it was just a pain in the neck to go in there. And then there are a lot of settings that, I mean, we just kind of explained them, but there's a lot of settings people generally didn't understand. So they were hesitant to, to muck around with it. And I feel like that they really helped that out in iOS 12. So the thing now is when you get a notification, you can judge a notification right on that notification center. And if you swipe over, there is a couple things you can do. You can clear them, you can view the notifications, or you can hit manage. There's a manage button. And from right there, you can go into the settings and make those granular changes we just talked about you can turn it off. So you can just say, you know what, no more. You know, this app keeps throwing notifications at me. I don't care about hot dog championships. Turn it off. And then they've also got a feature that I think is brilliant called Deliver Quietly. And Deliver Quietly means that future notifications from this app will not pester you. They won't tap you on the shoulder, but they will be in your notification center when you check it, which for a lot of apps is the sweet spot. So it's kind of like the best setting for a lot of apps that are in that medium level of notification and you just tap that and it's done for you. You don't have to go into settings and fiddle around with it. Yeah, it's great because you can make that snap judgment sort of in the moment. And, and honestly, and I don't have any suggestions on how they could do it better. I'm not a, a UI designer, but the notification section in iOS is sort of complicated. There's a lot of options and I think it could be clearer in some areas, but this is really easy because you can just do it from the lock screen. You don't have to go dive into those deeper settings unless you want to. And the deliver quietly thing really is nice because it just shows up a notification center so you can pull down and check on things. And um, I use this for a couple of apps. This is particularly nice on the watch, I think. And it's it's a really good addition because it it, it gave people the option to manage notifications that may have not even been aware, like you said, that the settings app even had this big section in it. Yeah. And also like once you say deliver quietly, I don't really know exactly the source for this. Like for some of my deliver quietly notifications, like Amazon, for instance, I had Amazon on deliver quietly telling me that it's got a package on the way, but it it puts up a, in the notification center, an option for me to turn it off right from notification center without even sliding the app. So they're really trying to help users be more aggressive about getting rid of notifications they don't want anymore. There's also notification grouping that can make the lock screen or notification center a little bit easier to manage. There's automatic, which means iOS sort of just manages notifications based on the type of alert. So in iMessage, for instance, 
one thread would be kind of one stack of notifications and others would be separate. You can group that by app. So all your iMessages are in one stack and all your you know Amazon ones are in another stack. And then you can just have off, which is kind of the old fashioned way where it's just a river of chronological notifications. I've left this on automatic for everything. I really like the notification grouping because, you know, I've got some apps that send me some notifications that maybe I just want to clear all at once, like carrot weather. You know, if maybe if it's going to storm overnight and I, I don't wake up, I don't want to have to, you know, see all of those. Like, okay, this is all in the past now. and I can clear them all very easily from the group. And this was another thing that just kind of made this a little bit more manageable for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I feel like with iOS 12, they kind of really reined it in a lot. And and this is something that's much more manageable now than it than it ever has been. But to me, one of the, the best power moves you can do, like you take one thing away from the show, is just open your notification center and just look for something in there that you can kill. You know, look for a weed you can pull and just swipe right on it, tap manage, and then say turn off all notifications and it's gone. You didn't have to go into settings. You didn't have to figure out what buttons to push to turn it off. It's taken care of for you. Or if there's something that draws your attention, that taps on your shoulder that you didn't want it to, but you still want to see it in Notification Center, all you have to do is swipe over and say manage quietly or quietly deliver, I believe is the term. And then it's done for you. And taking a moment to go through your notifications like that on a daily basis for a week Already, you will have conquered more on notifications than you would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, so the, so management on iOS is a lot better, um, but it's still the you know the underlying problem of massive numbers of notifications is still an issue that exists for everybody, and I think it's something that that we need to fight. So, um, do you want to talk about what makes the cut for us? I mean, what are the apps that we actually let through the gate? Yeah, yeah. Your list is way shorter than mine. <laughs> well, well, there's more on mine. We just, I just yeah. decided I was just going to go over it on air. But the, um, but it is something that I'm constantly looking at and trying to, you know, get things out. Yeah. So let's start with like just the general communications apps because there's some in here we're in agreement on, you know, the phone app and messages. But on messages, you're letting them through, but you had put the note some badged only. Yeah, so I'm in a couple of pretty noisy iMessage threads, mostly yeah. with other people I do other podcasts with. I won't name them Mike and Federico, but yeah. I have those group threads muted. So I don't get – because in messages itself, you can actually put Cernit threads or even Cernit people in Do Not Disturb. And I have mine configured where the, that – thread will still add a badge to iMessage, but I don't get push notifications from it because often they're talking, you know, hours before I wake up because of the time zone differences. I don't want those notifications going off at night. Uh, but if I pick up my phone, I see, okay, there's four or five on the, on the messages badge, then I can go see if it was them or not. And that has been a really nice balance for me to kind of still keep tabs. Like if I pick up my phone and there's eight or nine in there, like maybe I need, a, maybe there's something going on I need to be aware of, but most of the time it's not, and I can just get to it when I get to it. And that is a really great feature in messages. It's on the Mac as well that you can put whole threads into Do Not Disturb sort of individually. Yeah, so that's kind of a theme running through my thoughts on notifications is the idea of granularity or even like sub-sorting. 
Um, in messages, you can do it for individual threads. And that's a, that's an addition to iOS for the longest time. That wasn't something you could do, but you know, you get these big group threads with me, any holiday, my family inevitably has a group thread with like 10 or 15 of us on everybody starts trying to prove how smart they are. And I always turn the notifications off. I can't take it, you know? So we all have those threads that we get involved with and you can mute those on a per thread basis. Um, if you go to the mail app, which is another one, if you're going to have mail notifications for me, like I only have notifications for VIPs and it's a very small list of people. So I rarely get any notifications related to mail. So it's like a sub kind of sort I can do inside the app before the notifications happen. That's, that's how I use mail as well. I get just badges for my inboxes, but then I only get notifications from VIPs. And as we discussed on a previous show, you have been added to the VIP list. So you're in a, you're in a very small crowd. Cause I get a lot of email that's not urgent, but there's a handful of people. If they do email me, I need to, I need to see that it's something that I need to deal with. And the way our business works, we have some timely stuff like that. So I've been able to use mail VIP to, to manage that. Now that's different on my Mac, but on my iPhone and iPad, at least that's how I have it set up. Yeah. So for me, I don't have any badges on mail. I don't, you know, in fact, mail is an app inside a folder for me, mm-hmm. so I don't even really see it, but the, um, but VIP messages get a notification and, and like you, it's very few people and the occasion that happens like, I, but the one thing about the VIPs on mail, I would add is that that is a very flexible system. So like I'm in the middle on the day job, the legal job of closing a big deal. We've been working on it for six months and, uh, the other lawyer is now a VIP in my system for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And once the deal's all done, then I'll unVIP him. So, you know, think about that when you're setting up these notifications to to make it work better for you. And then one last example I would give of granular uh, sub notification system is the activity app. I have a bunch of friends on activity. I, I try to fill my rings every day. I've got a bunch of friends that do that too. Steven's one of them, you know, but I, um, but, you know, and making friends and activity is really part of the fun of it all, you know, seeing how everybody else is doing. But I don't need to know every time Steven makes a bike ride. Right. Because that's, I get, you know, so but you can go in the activity app itself and you can mute specific people. And I just mute everybody. And except I unmute, like if I'm in a challenge with somebody, you know, if, if I'm you know, battling somebody for workouts then I'll unmute them and I'll see their stuff come through on my notifications. But that's another example of the ability to further add granularity to your notifications, not necessarily through the notifications app. Yeah, a lot of the activity stuff is sort of siloed away. And we'll talk about the Apple Watch and the Watch app where you manage a lot of that. But that is that is a nice feature and and one that can really, again, you can service the people you really want to hear from and sort of leave everybody else in a different level. Then I have another category of apps that I allow notifications on that are very low signal apps. And I would like, for instance, every airline app that I've installed on my phone has uh, notifications turned on because when I do need them, they give me notifications about gate changes and tickets and everything like that. But um, when I'm not about to take a flight, they never send me any notifications. If American airlines started using its notification system to, send me advertisements, I would turn it off. But uh, thankfully, you know, knock on wood, none of them have tried to do that to me so far. 
Yeah, that, that's a huge one. Travel apps definitely make the cut for me. Sort of in talking about communications, I have uh, Slack send me direct messages only, or if my name is mentioned in a couple of threads. And Slack, you can control that. It's very granular. You can set it per like workspace. So I'm signed into a bunch of different Slacks. You can you can control at that level. You can control it at the thread level. So, hey, if my name gets mentioned here, let me know. But somewhere else I don't care about when I'm on my phone. That takes a lot of time to get right if you're in a really busy Slack with a lot of people. But again, it can it can be useful to sort of uh, whittle down what you need. And then uh, GroupMe, which is another sort of group text message cross-platform deal. I'm in uh, a couple of groups there. There's some other non-work things I do. And those, they're not noisy. I want to know about somebody says something, so I allow that to send me notifications as well. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I guess that's one more example of apps where you have to do additional work somewhere else to make notifications mm-hmm. work for you. But, you know, put the work in. It's absolutely worth it. Because the the end goal of this whole process is when you get a notification, it's going to matter and be relevant to you. And you're not going to get any false positives. You know, you're not going to get tapped on the shoulder for hot dogs. Right. It's a very specific uh, example you keep coming back to. I don't know. <laughs> it just I don't know. It, it just seemed like it was funny when I wrote it down. Now I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, watch so, the, you, did you watch Silicon Valley? No, I, ha- I have never There's seen There's a whole thing in there about a hot dog app. Is there? Um, yeah. what, about, uh, what about some non-communication apps? What about things like... Uh, to-do lists or media apps? Um, I am, by and large, those are all turned off. Um, I have badges turned on in OmniFocus for things that get due or nearly due. But I don't really have, like, I don't have it play sounds for me. I'm in that app every day, so I don't need it to give me notifications. I have, you know, time allotted to work on that data. So I don't, give it the the general notification powers mm-hmm. uh, media apps like telling me i'm going you know there's a new version of the mandalorian available well i watch so little media that i know when they come out i can watch them right um a good example where people often turn it on is podcast apps yes same thing i don't turn any of that stuff on for podcast apps because why bother i mean i when i want to listen to a podcast i've got it all very you know, overcast allows you to very, you know, customize what you see. So when I go in the app, I can see what I want. I've got them in categories and yada, yada. So I don't need that to be a notification either. So I I guess the, in general, the answer is no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have overcast tell me, but a lot of that is because I run a podcast company and if all of a sudden we have shows not showing up on overcast, I have a problem. Um, I don't have any media stuff, so you know, no Apple TV Plus or, or Disney Plus or anything like that. I'm the same way as you. I don't watch a lot. I generally know when something is going to come out or when I have time, I'll just pick up the Apple TV remote and see what I've fallen behind on. So I don't have anything like that uh, in, anywhere, not just iOS, but I just don't don't have a need for that. I, I do let Todoist send me notifications as things become due. And then we've talked about the Do app, D-U-E. That is one that I, its whole thing is recurring notifications. I use it for a handful of things a week and it is, its whole job is to send you notifications until you take that medicine after lunch. And so I I let it do its thing, you know, full blast, everything open. 
Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think if you're going to run do, you should, I mean, that's the, whole, the whole point, point of the application. <laughs> the um, Something we haven't talked about is calendar apps. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm a fan of Fantastical. I think they've got a really great thing going. So I use that app and I have notifications turned on for it. I do not have notifications turned on for the calendar app because I don't want two notifications for every event. Right. And, and that is an issue you run into with if you're using a third-party app that replicates first-party functionality. So if you had the Mail app and the Gmail app installed, you, you should turn notifications off for one of them. You don't need two apps telling you that you have a, a new email about a sale at the corner store. And for me, um, calendars are a particular area where notifications are very useful. Um, I have a tendency when I start working to get lost in it, and mm-hmm. I I lose track of time and space and all that. And just last week I missed a phone conference because I was working and I knew the phone conference was at three o'clock and I was working. I started working at like one and then it was four o'clock and I didn't get that notification saying, Hey, it's time to prepare for that call. Mm-hmm. And I almost always get it, but you know, something went wrong and I had to call and apologize. And I looked like a flake but it was just because the notification didn't work. So as much as I say, you don't want notifications, you know, the whole idea is to get the the right notifications. In that case, I, I kind of blew it. So, so um, calendar apps, I think are a, a very ripe area for using notifications. One of the nice ways you can kind of automate that with, with fantastic owls, when you create the event, you can just put alarm with it, with a digit next to it. You can put zero if you want it to go off at the time, but like say alarm 10, or in the calendar apps, you can set a default alarm. Yes. And um, I think that is a great idea. Um, uh, you know, for certain calendars in my system, they always get alarms. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same way. It is absolutely huge for me to get alerted. I usually set things because I work at home, you know, 10 minutes in advance. Hey, you've got a phone call with somebody. You have a recording that's an unusual time. Because I'm the same way. I will get in the zone with something and totally miss something that i told somebody i would do yeah and there, there's a power tip on this like if you like to prepare for the things like a lot of times i need to spend time kind of getting ready for important calls so i will set. you can just create a separate event to prepare for it if you want to be like that or you can set like an alarm 30 minutes in advance if you do that however you should set a second alarm at or very close to the time of the event because it's the same problem. You set yourself the alarm. Now you're preparing for the event, but then you still lose track. At least in my case, I still lose track of time. And then I don't make the call on time because I'm too, too busy preparing for it, that it goes right by. So Mm. um, you can set multiple alarms. And this is a great example of once you have a good notification system of something helping you out. Kind of rounding, uh, rounding mine out just, just quickly. I just have sort of a, a collection of oddball, apps that I want to know about. So the Roomba app, you know, if our, if our robot vacuum sucks up a bathroom rug, I want to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I have Pingdom, which has been a sponsor of many shows. They tell me if the relay website goes down, that's obviously critically important. So I have it send me stuff. And then uh, I mentioned the score earlier, just a sports tracking app. So I can see you know, how my teams are doing in their various games. And again, I don't have all the notifications on usually just, game beginning, you know, halftime and the final score. And that's that's about it for me. It feels like a lot, but then if I compare this list to what's actually on my phone. So, you know, scrolling through the notification section, 
you can see it per app. And the vast majority of apps on my phone I have set to off. And that made me feel pretty good about this list. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the thing you'll note that there are some apps that don't bother you much, like your Roomba app is not going to bother you much unless it's actually an issue. And so, you know, I don't think you should be looking at, you know, I want to kill all my apps, but I think what you want to do is kill the noisemakers, the ones that tap you on the shoulder for no reason. So there's nothing wrong with having a bunch on there. Like I have the, I run my billing through an online service for the legal practice and Mm -hmm. the notifications are on. If somebody pays me, I get a notification that makes me happy. I got paid. Right. So I'll take that. And, you know, just looking through mine, it's the same thing. There's some in here. Like I have, the screen time notification turned on, yeah. which is an Apple thing. I could turn that off really, but right now I, I still am kind of in the stage where I like seeing those reports and kind of having that as a little bit of feedback in my life. But then there's some turned on here that I didn't even realize were turned on because they never send notifications. And it's easier for me to kind of give them some slack because they don't bother me. Yeah. If it's, if it's something like, Uber or Lyft, right? Well, you're not doing that every day. You're only doing it maybe when you travel. Like, I'm fine yeah. leaving those on because they're only going to bother me when I need them. And when I need them, I really want the notification to tell me that my ride is here, right? So I'm, I'm willing to give yeah. it that access because those apps generally have been well-behaved and they're not abusing the system. If yeah. an app like that got bad all of a sudden about sending me promotional stuff, like, oh, you know, whatever, do it now and you save $3, like, then I would consider, okay, you don't get access until, you know, I land in San Jose every June and then I turn you on for the week that I'm out of town. Yeah. I feel like the the battle was really fought in the notification center on the iPhone for notifications. You know, just pulling down there and seeing what is showing up and, and what you want to see and what you don't want to see, that's where the that's where you need to make the difference. Mm-hmm. One thing that came up in the forums, particularly about iOS, but I think particularly about the iPhone, is that it's easy to sort of blast through the lock screen. So the iPhone 6S got much faster touch ID. And I remember having to adjust how I woke up the phone because if I touched the button, then I'd be logged in essentially and and miss anything on my lock screen. And Face ID is kind of the same way. Now you have to swipe up to unlock the iPhone 10 and later, but if you sort of pick up your phone while you swipe it, it's all one smooth motion. And I think a lot of people find that easy to do. It's easy to kind of go right through the lock screen, but I've kind of learned to use tap to wake on my phone. So I sort of touch the screen if it's on my desk, not unlock it, not swipe up, but then that gives me a view onto the lock screen. So if you find that frustrating, it's really a matter of sort of changing your habits about how you wake up your device. Agreed. Agreed. And that's what, got me in trouble with my wife the other day. I, I just didn't see she had notified me. She mm-hmm. had sent me some messages because I wasn't looking at that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it all it's a virtuous cycle. If you start getting your notifications to a stage where you're only seeing stuff you want to see and you don't have to filter through a bunch of, of junk, um, then all of a sudden it's easier to look at that screen and use it. The show is brought to you by Text Expander. You can save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. With Text Expander, it's a snippets app. You can type in something like C C E L L and it'll automatically type in your cell phone number. So you can make snippets for those things you type repetitively and, and use them everywhere, like word processors, email and messaging apps, and, and even online forums. I think a lot of people don't realize text automation on the web is awesome. 
And Texas Commander makes it super easy because not only do you have those custom snippets, you can add power to it. Like you can put a tab key in the snippet itself. And if you're on the online forum, you add the tab key, you can literally tab through the form and fill it in for you with one snippet. Uh, you can put fill in and pop-up fields. This is a great thing I use for some of the customer service stuff I do with the field guides. I can, I've got you know, like custom emails I've written for different problems and I can have it fill in the name of the, the product or I can even type in the name of the customer before the email goes out. And they have some real cool um, features. They have uh, free webinars, including a power tips session I'm going to give in February. So if you're interested oh, nice. in that. Uh, if you go to the Text Expander website, I don't know if I'll have a link by the time the show publishes, but I'll definitely write it up at Max Sparky once I do. I'm going to do a free webinar on Text Expander, how I use it. And uh, they, they just got a bunch of, of interesting people coming in to talk about how they use it. So that'd be really useful. Uh, you can manage and share snippets with your company. I was talking about the customer support stuff I do. I have an assistant and she and I purchased her uh, an assistant account or, uh, you know, so we have basically two accounts in our company. And when I update the snippets, they get updated on hers as well. It's, it's really awesome. So you can have the best people writing the text for your company that everybody uses. It's now available for Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And because you listen to the Mac power users, you can get 20% off your first year. So go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander. Um, it's a, powerful app they've been they were the original sponsor of the mac power users we're always thankful for that and uh, and check it out thanks text expander for supporting the mac power users okay so we we got this thing in our pocket what about this thing on our wrist yeah the i feel like the apple watches can be a little it can be a little confusing when you get started because it is not immediately clear unless you really pay attention what happens where and so apple has a document about it where they it explains what happens you know with your watch and your phone so if your iphone is unlocked you'll just get notifications on your iphone right you're it's unlocked you're probably looking at it it doesn't go to your watch your watch won't go off if you're using your iphone and a notification comes in if your phone is locked or asleep, you'll get notifications on your Apple Watch as long as it's unlocked. So your phone's in your pocket, you're walking down the street, it'll go to your watch. And then some applications are only on the Apple Watch. So apps like Breathe or the Noise app, you know, where it says, hey, you know, you're in a, a loud environment, you may be damaging your hearing. Those are watch only. They, they don't ever make it back sort of up, if you will, to the iPhone. So that's kind of the relationship be between the two. And if you're new to the Apple Watch, it may take a little while to get used to that. But in practice, what it means is that your watch and your phone shouldn't go off at the same time. They should sort of be one or the other. Yeah. And it isn't necessarily consistent. Even all the rules you just stated, I feel like sometimes you don't get notifications on your watch when you've got everything turned on for them. And sometimes you do. So it's it's not entirely, it's just not entirely consistent in my experience. Yeah, agreed. Um, the watch has become very similar to the iPhone as term in terms of where notifications go. And of course, you don't have badging on the watch because that <laughs> home screen of apps is is you know not really conducive to that. But you have a notification center. 
You can deliver quietly so you don't get actually push notifications where it, it taps you and then wakes up the screen or the screen lights up. You can just have them just go to the notification center and you get a little red badge at the top of the Apple Watch screen saying, hey, there's something in notification center. This is something that I wish were an option on the iPhone and iPad because I just the way I work, I don't go into notification center really ever or very often. And those apps that I do have deliver deliver quietly, sometimes I miss things because that's just not part of my habit of usage on my devices. And I think it would be nice to have an option for the the phone to sort of give me some indication that, hey, there's something in notification center that, you know, when you're ready uh, is there for you, but the watch, the watch has it. And it's just a small red dot. I mean, that would be so easy to implement on the phone. Oh yeah. It's very subtle. And I think, I think it's really done well because it doesn't bother me if I see it, but it's just a reminder of, Oh, Hey, Hey buddy, I got something for you. So I think that's a nice middle ground that they've, they've done on the watch. Or, or even like with the new iPhone 10 and later series where you've got these ears and they have like bits of data up there. There's no reason you couldn't put a dot next to the time or something like that. Um, I think it would be very useful. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. It seems like something they could, they could definitely do. One thing that is, is really different because the watch is a child device to the phone, if you will, you know, currently the, the watch is not fully independent. It means that you can inherit a lot of your settings from the watch. And so in the watch app on the phone where you manage so much of this, there's an option to say, hey, just mirror what my phone does. Just I don't want any differences. I don't want to customize it. I like the way my phone is set up. The watch should just do what the phone does. And that can be helpful if you've done the weeding in the garden we just spoke about. But if you haven't and everything is just like a a floodgate on your phone, then the, the floodgate will come, you know, will break on the watch as well. And I don't know about you, David, but I find notifications on the watch way more interruptive than on the phone because they, they tap yeah. me. Right. And yeah. And so they I physically tap your body. Yeah. I, mean. I want them to be more controlled. I want them to be more exactly what I want. And so that means that, you know, you, for me, I've gone through the watch app and said, Hey, I know that I get notifications for, you know, deliveries on my phone, but I don't want that on my watch. Like I don't really need that on my wrist. And and for me, the watch and the phone have really sort of diverged over time and how the notifications are handled. Well, absolutely. I and I think that I understand why they have that mirror button because it's very easy to say, okay, I, you know, just do what you do on my phone on my wrist. But I think that is a sucker's game. If you're going to use the watch. Um, spend the time you should, you should uh, prune the weeds on your phone, but you should even further prune the weeds on your, on your uh, watch. Because Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, it's physically tapping your body. They've got a system in there where you can, you can not only just say mirror everything on my phone, you can also do it on a per app basis. So you can go through and you can say, well, you know, like Alaska airlines. Yeah. Leave that on. I want to get a notification if I'm in an airport on my wrist, but you know, the app store, maybe I have the app store turned on. So it's telling me when I get updates to my apps, I don't need my wrist to tell me that. So, <laughs> right. so I would look at that as a second layer of defense and make the taps on your wrist even more important because just think about the context of it. I mean, you're sitting talking to a friend or a colleague at work and your, your wrist taps 
Now, are you going to check your watch in front of that person and make them feel like they're not that important to you? You certainly don't want to do it for the hot dog contest. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that go, by the way. I can't. I, no, I thought about we're, it. We're committed now, buddy. <laughs> okay. But you will do it uh, to hear that there's been an injury in the family or something like whatever. You know, I talked about the earthquake gap last week. You will do it to find out the big ones. On yeah. The way, right. But so, um, you know, that's that's why the watch stuff is even more important that you go in there and and do that. And just to be clear, that is in the watch settings app. That's not in the notifications settings on the general settings app on your phone. It's got its own tab in the watch settings app and you just go through that. It's not that hard, really. You can do it in a few minutes, but take the time to turn off all those notifications that don't matter to you. Yeah. I mean, scrolling through mine, most of them are off actually. And yeah, there are a few that you know, I, I want things like, you know, messages to come to the watch because that's the watch is really good at some of those quick interactions, but I don't need, you know, my, my Eero network necessarily to tell me that there's a problem on my watch. You know, I'm, I'm going to notice that, yeah. that sooner rather than later. So that is a great way to separate these things. And, and I think our joint encouragement to you listeners is to, to go through there and to really pare down what's on the watch because it is very personal. And even though the Apple watch has been around now for, you know, several years, there's still in a lot of circles, a real stigma with looking at your wrist. Right. And, and if you glance at your wrist and it's a notification that, you know, something silly happened and then you're kind of called out in a meeting for being a jerk, like that's not a good look. You don't, you don't want to have to deal with that. And so, yeah, it can really be a, a thing where it, it can make you a better sort of sort of <laughs> meeting attendee or make you more aware of what's going on around you if the watch is more deliberate in what you let come through. So for me, when I feel that tap on my wrist, I know that it's something that I ha- have elected to see and that it's probably important to me. And very rarely is there something that gets through that is just not important because I've taken the time to really narrow that down. You know, last year when I sort of stepped away from the Apple watch for a while, this was really at the heart of it. And when I I bought the series five, one of the first things I did was I went through the screen and really made some tough decisions about what gets to notify me. And it has totally changed my relationship with the Apple watch for the better. So how often are you wearing the watch now? Almost every day. Uh, it, it is yeah. not every single day, but especially on the weekends, if I'm not going to be working out, I, I won't necessarily wear it. But more, I mean, almost every day, it's it's back been back on my wrist since, since the Series 5. A lot of that was the always on display, but a lot of it, too, was me going through this process that we're talking about today. Yeah, I, w- I recently spent time with uh, Mike, Mike Hurley, and he's got his fancy watches. And I tell you, I have no desire at all to go down that rabbit hole because I just love the Apple watch so much, but so much of it is, you know, setting it up the way you want it to work for you. And it's really an assistant for me. I mean, like I was talking earlier about those meeting notifications and getting ready and, and preparing and being on calls or getting, you know, getting to a location on time. And it's because my, my, my wrist taps me to tell me to do this stuff. And it is great. It's like having an assistant around if you set it up right. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. But, you know, it can't be um, useless. Now, on the watch, one of the things I would uh, 
warn you is that Apple's built-in apps uh, do require granular management, just like the old bad days on the iPhone. Like the the news app is a great example. That's where you're going to get the stupid hot dog thing, right? So I just went in, but you have to tap several buttons, but I just have Apple news notifications turned off. I mean, I don't, Oh yeah. if something really big happens, I'm not going to know immediately from my wrist and that's okay. And, uh, It'll get to me eventually. <laughs> uh, so, but all the general built-in apps for Apple—they're um, a little deceiving because they're listed in the notification screen. But you—you've got to go through and manually uh, adjust them, and that is a, a separate project that you're going to need to sit down and do. You know, mm-hmm. pour yourself a cup of coffee or tea or your beverage of choice, and just tap through those. Yeah, and some of them are more complicated than it would seem. So, like the podcast app. You have notifications, but then you can also set like the listen now time or like various things. And so some of these, even though it's in the notification section in the watch app, these settings do a lot more than that. And so I I find the sort of a sidebar, I find the watch app actually kind of confusing in places. Like I think it has sort of grown beyond what they initially had in mind for it. And I think I think it could use some some pruning. I think it was never really that great of an app for what it does. Like it's never really had a unified kind of like theory behind the interface Mm -hmm. and stuff just ends up in places. Uh, Okay. Totally unrelated, but I'm looking at it. Do you ever use the walkie talkie app on the watch? No, it's, it's completely off. Yeah. I don't know anybody that does. I think, I think Casey list uses it to like, well, maybe at least when their kids were younger, like having a baby in one hand, you can like quickly talk to your spouse, like, "Hey, I need a diaper or something." But I don't, I don't know if he's still doing that. But it is not something that that I've ever turned on. Even like, I, there's no interest in it. Yeah, I, I had this idea when I started. Like, maybe that's something my wife and I can use. No, it it's not. It really isn't. I mean, <laughs> and and with text messages and phones, there's just. Not that much of a need for it. I, I think if you're a big walkie-talkie user, please let us know in the forums. I would love to hear somebody is actually using this feature. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to interesting to know. Uh, yeah. There's also a, a privacy angle with the Apple Watch. I mean, and this is true for the iPhone as well. On these devices, you can set notifications to be in different states if you're paying attention to the device or not. So... On the iPhone, it would just say, you know, new message. And then once you authenticate it with touch or face ID, it would show you the contents of the iMessage. With the watch, you have some options around that as well. So you can have just a sort of generic notifications until you raise your wrist and then you see the full details. So if that's something that you are concerned about, you do have options around that. So you're still notified, but someone else look, just glancing at your device, if it's out on a table or it's on your wrist, they can't see the contents of those notifications. I don't really worry about this because most of the time I just work at home. And so it isn't a big deal for me. But for a lot of people, this could be a serious consideration if they're in certain work environments or something like that. So you do have options and control around how easily viewable the contents of a notification are. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, what makes the cut for you, Stephen, on the watch? Yeah. So, I mean, looking through this list, uh, I have a couple of watch specific ones. So like breathe, I have remind me twice a day to like take a moment and do some deep breathing. 
I have the noise app enabled. That's a Series 5 thing, so it will tell you if the sound levels in your environment are too loud. I have it set for the lowest at 80 decibels. It'll go up through 100. I have a little hearing loss as it is in my right ear, and I am very conscious about not doing damage to my hearing. And so, like that party, my wife and I were this weekend, my watch went off a couple of times. Like, there are a lot of people in this house, right? And it wasn't like a rave with a bunch of music or just people talking. But yeah. that's something that I, I want on. I was really excited when they added that to the Series 5. Uh, past that, though, you know, it's it's the messaging apps I mentioned earlier. You mentioned the travel apps. That's huge, especially on the watch. You're running through an airport and your gate changes. Like, I want to know about that as soon as possible. So that's allowed through. But a lot of other apps, you know, things like deliveries or Dropbox or, you know, <laughs> notes. If someone joins a shared note and invites me, I don't need that sort of stuff in my watch. And so I have a lot of those things turned off. Yeah. For me, it's mainly the communications stuff that gets through, mm-hmm. you know, and calendar. Uh, interestingly for me, although I'm a fantastic Hal fan, I actually get calendar notifications um, on the calendar app on the watch. I find it's more timely. It is. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think Apple's kind of tying a hand behind the back for these third party calendar developers on the watch. I don't know what the whole story is on that. And I know they're coming out with a new version of fantastic Hal, So maybe that'll be better, but, but generally uh, calendar notifications, I use the calendar app on the watch and, and fantastic Hal for everything else. Yeah. The first party apps still seem to have some sort of, more direct access, I guess, to, to, to the watch. But I was thinking maybe they just are allowed to stay in memory longer or something. I'm not, I'm not really sure what it is, but yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the Apple watch. And uh, I think you and I are both in a pretty good place with, with where we have ours uh, set up. And I don't know, you know, how much more I would want out of the watch. Like the Apple watch does so much, Like I don't read email on my watch and I'll get links on my watch. Like, so I, I yeah. use a pared down set of its functionality anyways, but overall, while the app to manage it is a little clunky, I feel like I'm relatively happy with what I can and can't do with the Apple watch. You know, I'm not one to like juggle, do not disturb on the watch, but leave it off on the phone, like all that sort of stuff. So I don't, I don't run into some of those limitations. So overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how I have mine set up. Yeah. A uh, power tip for Apple watch that, you know, this is, I guess, obvious in hindsight, but something I've been using increasingly is I got very deliberate, and you can manage this in the setting that watch settings app. I got very deliberate about the Apple Watch apps on the dock. I'm holding up air quotes. I think they call it the dock, and that's mm-hmm. the big button, not the not the dial. So a lot of times with my, my eyesight, I have trouble reading very small print on the watch face, which are complications, but now if I just tap that button, I get to the dock and it's got some of the apps in there that would normally be a complication and you can set them to be there permanently. So it's a great alternative if you want. I don't know. Maybe this is the old man corner of the Mac power users this week. <laughs> do you ever use the dock? Uh, I do. I have just a couple of things in there now playing messages, phone, overcast, music and carrot weather. So not not a whole lot there. Again, I don't have very many apps installed in my watch. If I need something else, it's not a big deal for me to go to the home screen and find it. But I do have the home screen set up to the list view because the grid view, I just find really difficult to manage. And so if you long press or deep press or whatever it's called in the watch 
on the grid of icons, you can set just be a list and then you can just use the digital crown to scroll through it. And I find that uh, much faster and nicer to get to what I want. Yeah, I've done the same thing, but I, I have gone all in. I've got in the dock, I've got calendar, now plane, activity, uh, scrolling down, uh, OmniFocus, uh, music, timers, carrot weather messages. So I've got a whole bunch of stuff in there. And you can, like I said, you can set those and it makes the watch much more accessible, um, I think. Yeah, it's 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 a lot faster to get into that, so. Yeah, and I agree with you. That grid, that honeycomb view for the icons is terrible. I mean, it's, it's like hard to hit the tap targets. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that looks great, but doesn't work well. Uh, totally agreed. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. We've been, we've been talking a lot about apps and notifications today, and chances are each of those apps that we've mentioned, a lot of them need their own accounts, right? You got to log in with Twitter to the Twitter app. You got to log in with different credentials for your banking app, different credentials for you know company email, and you want all of those credentials to be different. If you're using that same old password a bunch of different places, it really leaves you vulnerable, and in the past, that was a giant pain to do, right? Maybe you had a, a bunch of sticky notes with passwords on it. There's a much better way, and that is 1Password because it lives on all of your devices, iOS, iPadOS, Mac, Windows, wherever you are, you can have your passwords with you. Agile Bits works really hard to make sure they are they are using and supporting all the latest grace technology. So I can unlock my passwords with Face ID on my iPhone 11 Pro. If I'm on my MacBook Pro, I can do it with Touch ID there. They're always ready to go with new features, and that's something I really appreciate because security shouldn't slow you down. 1Password is great at work as well. We use it at Relay, so Mike and I have shared passwords. We have passwords that we share with our sales manager and our assistant. But it is really awesome if you're in a business to to manage all that centrally. And 1Password business has some really great reporting tools. You can go in and you can see what users aren't using 1Password. Maybe they haven't installed the apps or they haven't logged in. You can see who uses shared information. You can manage all that stuff centrally. So if someone comes or goes from your organization over time, you can make sure that they have access to what they need and more importantly, don't have access to what they don't. Head on over to onepasswordcom slash MPU to learn more, and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. When you sign up, you'll get 20% off. Once again, that's onepasswordcom slash MPU. Okay, let's talk about the Mac. Um, as we were heading into the show, I was like, oh, I am in great shape with notifications. I can tell everybody how smart I am. <laughs> and then I looked at my settings for my Mac and realized I have broken all of the rules on the Mac. I feel the same way. I have a lot of apps sending me notifications on the Mac. For the most part, the management of this mirrors iOS. Like they basically picked up the iOS system and bolted it onto Mac OS. And yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that either. I feel like no, why did they that, do that? <laughs> that system preference brain is real clunky. But well, and it's it's definitely made for touch, and the mm-hmm. Mac is not a touch device. And it calls things like the login window, the lock screen. So there's a setting, say, hey, show this notification on what this calls the lock screen. That's not called lock screen anywhere else in macOS. That's a login window. And yeah. so if you say for me, if I wake up my MacBook Pro, you know, like I'm using it today, right? And I have 
a couple of apps send me notifications to that. So if my computer is locked, I can see, oh, I have a, a meeting in 10 minutes I need, to, I need to be aware of. But I don't have iMessage go there. But yeah, there's some weirdness to how they did this. But if you understand the management of this on your iPad or iPhone, generally the Mac works the same way. Yeah, and the ways to get to the settings is you can go to the settings preference pane and then go to notifications or you can swipe over uh, if you have a trackpad or I don't know how you do this with a mouse, but with a trackpad, you swipe over with two fingers from the edge of the screen, the right edge of the screen in, it brings the notification center in, scroll down to the bottom, there's a little gear there and that gets mm-hmm. you to these notifications. That's actually where I generally manage them is when I see them show up, just like on the phone. Right. And it is uh, it is a little more the Wild West, though, because not all apps use this, right? Like, I've definitely come across apps, a few less and less now, but back when this first launched on the Mac, you know, developers have kind of built their own over time. But generally, yeah. apps have played nice with the system for a long time, but you still come across it every once in a while. And there are some Mac-specific things that are clever. So, like, if you put your Mac in Do Not Disturb like mine is right now, none of this happens. But say that you plug into a projector, well, the Mac knows that, so it automatically puts your Mac into Do Not Disturb. So you're not getting you know messages from your wife uh, on the big screen in the conference room, which would probably be good. So That it, has happened to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, this yeah. is like a thing that should work, but doesn't always work, so. Yeah, well, it was in the old days before they had figured it out. But yeah, yeah it um, was but not you, good. You can, uh, you can use that there. But you said that you felt like you broke a bunch of rules. So, like, what's going on on your on your iMac over there? I just, you know, I have not been, number one, paying that close of attention to notifications on the Mac. Like, I rage quit Apple News a long time ago yeah. for hot dog-related problems. But, the, um, <laughs> but, you know, when I slide in, I've got, like, all these notifications. And, like, every time I run a Hazel rule, it gives me a notification and I run a lot of Hazel rules, you know, every time something gets touched in Dropbox and I just looked in there and it was just this, this massive pile of garbage in my notification center on my Mac. And it was because I wasn't really using the feature enough. I wasn't paying attention to it. And my garden is overgrown with weeds. So as we've been prepping the show over the last couple of weeks, I've been really taking the time to, to clear out. And in fact, notifications were so bad on my Mac that I just stopped using them. I did the thing that I'm complaining about. And uh, now that I'm starting to kind of, you know, wrestle this thing, I'm starting to use them more because now all of a sudden when I check notifications, it actually gives me useful information Mm -hmm. instead of the fact that I just moved 18 files with Hazel. (laughs) Yeah. I have the Hazel ones turned off. Like if there's a problem, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go find it. Um, Yeah. For the most part, mine mirror the iPhones. So like the core apps are the same. I do have all mail messages send me banners, and that maybe sounds a little bananas to some people, but um, yeah, it does. That is crazy. I saw that. I put a note. What What are you doing, Stephen? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get as much email as people may think I do, and when I do, especially for work, it's something. I want to look at, I could probably get rid of that and just use the badge, but um, it's stuck around. Uh, Skype is one that I don't have notify me anywhere else, but it notifies me on the Mac. And then I do use carbon copy cloner. I haven't talked about this because we haven't revisited the Mac pro, but I've been doing nightly backups to some new internal drives I put in it and carbon copy. I just, it just lets me know that that was successful overnight because that is something I want to know if it failed for some reason. 
Yeah. And then, you know, things like transmit, you know, apps that aren't on iOS, you know, transmit used to be on the iPad. It still works, but it's basically gone. You know, things like that, that are Mac only or really specific to my, my Mac workflow. Those I allow to send me notifications, but, uh, so I feel like I'm in okay shape, but there's always room for improvement. Oh man, I was, I was just a mess and I'm still kind of a mess as I look through it. One of my big challenges is, so I work in like a corner of the house. I built this little studio and it's isolated, hopefully, so that so the sound is better on podcasts. But, you know, people come and go from the house as I'm here. And I like to know when people come and go. It just, I don't know, just a good idea, I feel like. Um, but so I have a notification based on the home app. And we installed one of those locks, you know, that I can open remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I have the notification on it every time the lock gets thrown, give me a notification. And it's like, in fact, we shared uh, with each other our uh, our statistics as we were prepping the show. And one of my biggest violators is the home app because every time I go, like I take a break and go check the mailbox or if somebody comes home, it not only do I get a notification when the door opens, I get a notification when the do- lock gets unlocked, when the door gets opened, when the door gets closed, and when the, the lock gets relocked because we generally keep our front door locked. So it's like four notifications for every ingress and egress. And it's, mm-hmm. that is something that I was hoping to have solved by now, but I, I don't, but I have to go in and figure out a way to uh, turn that down to just one notification. Every time the door opens, if I have to, I may even just put one of those Bluetooth magnetic um, switches on the door um, rather than use the lock as the, as the notification trigger. Cause it bothers me that much. So, you know, I, I'm getting problems like that still, but I have, um, I have made a lot of progress on my Mac. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the inclusion of like even home, the home app on the Mac, right? That changes the game if you want to know when your garage door goes up and you want that, you know, like it, it is not yeah. getting any simpler. And, and I, for one, don't find notification center on the Mac to be all that useful. Like looking at on my laptop, I've never cleared this out. Like there's just like, it goes way back in time. I, you know, I don't really use the widget, especially since the uh, find my app doesn't include a widget. I, I'm not in there very often. So I, I generally don't use that slide out panel just on the Mac very often. So for me, it's all about the banners and badges, honestly. Yeah. And that's one of the granular things you can do with the Mac apps. Uh, a good example for me, I have an app on my Mac that I got in the app store for like two bucks. It's called how long left. And if you listen to me on the focus podcast, you know, I'm anal retentive and I block time for work. Like I'll say work on the Mac power users outline and I'll have an hour scheduled on my calendar. But how, what, how long left does is it's just a menu bar app that tells you what your current calendar event is and how long is left on it. And it's just a really simple tool, but I like having it up in my menu bar. So as I working through the day, I'm like, okay, I'm working on the MPU outline. I got 30 minutes left to work on this before I get on to the next thing I've tasked myself to do, you know? Um, but it was throwing all this stuff in my notification center for every calendar event. And for me, that's a lot of calendar events and that was silly. And it, I would never refer to it. I would never want to look at it in notification center, so you just throw one switch in the setting to say, okay, put this on the banner so I can see it when the event comes or don't just leave it in the menu bar, but definitely do not put it in my notification center. And then that got rid of hundreds of notification center entries. Yeah, that's, that's a good move. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, none of this stuff is hard. 
And when we first started talking about the show, I'm like, is there a show on this? Well, I think there is because it's so important. But, you know, the the running theme here, guys, is you just spend some time on this stuff. Because if you have a working notification system, it really makes a difference in how you use your technology and it makes your life better. But for almost everybody, the system is unusable because there's way too much signal over. I mean, there's way too much noise over signal. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace and enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. And it just works. Just this last week, I signed up another friend from Squarespace. It has saved me so much trouble, Stephen, as I've uh, been using Squarespace over the years, because all these people in my life know I'm a nerd. They come to me for help with a website, or they show me that they're going to spend $10,000 on some web developer. And I say, well, let's try a $15 Squarespace account first. And every time it works. So maybe you want to make an online store. They've got commerce. Maybe you want to make portfolio. They've got great image support. Maybe you want to create the next blog. I've got Max Sparky on Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, or no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. One of the things I really like about Squarespace is the templates look different. You know, it doesn't have like a kind of branding around the templates where you look at it and you're like, oh, that's a Squarespace site. No, you can customize it to make it look however you want. Now, I'm not a designer. I really probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm always in there tweaking my template in Max Sparky and also on my legal site to make it just look a little better or the way I want it, changing fonts, you know, read this, you know, defining the margins and all of this stuff is drag and drop. It's, it's just so easy to do. I, I don't have to hire somebody and I love that. And the plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash MPU. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for the Mac power users. You're listening to this show. You're probably a nerd. Your friends are going to ask you to build a website, help them make it with Squarespace and look like a hero like me. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash MPU and the code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support of the Mac Power users and all over LAFM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Okay, so we've been talking about notifications. I thought it'd be fun towards the end here to talk about what we would do if we were in charge at Apple to make them better. I think a theme that we've talked about all the way through is just more granularity. And I think you could look at apps like messages and mail who they give you that, those sort of in app settings. Hey, I want this thread, but not that thread. I'd like to see that sort of thing. Not only more available in Apple's own apps, but Apple really set an example of, Hey, third-party developers here are, are, ways you can do this here are examples of of things you can do when you decide to get granular with the types of information that can fire a notification yeah even like i would want to get multiple vectors like what about vip email between certain hours you know like add additional layers to this so we can be even more deliberate about what 
is allowed to tap us on the shoulder. Yeah, I think it'd be neat too, and this would be difficult, I think, but to make VIP a wider standard. So yeah, if I mark you as a VIP in mail, then you also are a VIP in messages. And maybe you're a VIP in Twitter direct mentions and and these various ways you could contact me. That would be really interesting because it would involve a lot of third-party apps. But even if Apple could just do it across its apps, I would think it could be useful to some people. Uh, I also consider, I don't have a name for this, the anti-VIP. So if I have notifications on for everything and messages, but that one person messages me, don't notify me. And yeah, you can do that with Do Not Disturb, but again, that could be more flexible. It could be more powerful. So you know, if someone's on the the naughty list, we'll call it the naughty list, uh, they would have sort of a subset of of availability to you as well. Yeah, I was thinking in honor of Steve Jobs, we call it the bozo button. There you go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, something that I would really want to see is, is better device awareness. We talked about how the iPhone and Apple Watch sort of hand off responsibility for notifications. But if I'm at my Mac and it's clear that I'm working, I really don't want my phone or watch to go off about anything, you know, unless it's something that's specific to the watch, right? I guess I want the breathe reminders or whatever. But there are times where I'm on my Mac and Slack goes off on my phone. It's like, well, it's just in the background, Mac OS, like calm down. I'm still here. And some sort of sense that iCloud would know the state that I'm in, the device, you know, the device that's in front of me, the device that I'm using, that would go a long way, I think, in easing my frustration with, yes, I'm aware of this. I don't need all my devices to go off. That would go a long way for me. And and again, they're, they're doing it in some areas. It's not very consistent. It doesn't really include other devices, it seems like. I would want that to be a lot smarter. Yeah, like right now, I, I just fixed this week a problem where anytime I got a phone call, it sounded like you know aliens were invading because my Mac mm-hmm. went off, my iPad went off, my phone went off. And then they because they couldn't keep up with each other, I'd answer the phone call and the client would still hear the phone ringing on the Mac. I mean, it's just <laughs> madness. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, it should say, okay, he's got this device near him or he's working on this, uh, particularly when you're using a device. I mean, you're using your phone and yet the iPad starts ringing. I mean, come on, don't you know I'm on this thing? Bingo. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that granularity on granularity, and I know that will make the user interface more difficult. Uh, maybe that's the reason why they're not doing it that much. It seems like the way they're approaching this is adding the granular, the second level granularity in the applications themselves. And I would like to see them continue that trend. I would like to see third party developers as well do that. I mean, they have the ability, third party developers have the ability to control what gets the notification trigger you see it with some of the news apps where they let you filter it steven was talking earlier about some of the sports apps i think developers that are listening to this the more you can give us the ability to customize exactly what gets the right of tapping us on the shoulder the more likely where we are to keep it turned on um one thing i put in here as well i'm not sure we're on the i was talking about developer feedback and i feel like Developers should know that like a certain type of notification ends up getting their app notifications turned off. Like they should get some kind of statistics about that. I'd like them to get both negative and positive reinforcement from users to see, you know, if you decide to turn it into a notification fest, basically it's just going to result in nobody using your notifications. 
I think that's that would be excellent because it, right now there's no really repercussions, right? I mean, yeah, your notifications get turned off, so maybe you don't know about what's going on with the app, but data would be would be good for developers to have, and you can always provide that feedback yourself. But if it was some sort of metric they could see in iTunes Connect, that would be, I think, more useful because it would just involve everybody. Um, the other thing I thought about was the role of do not disturb in this because while Apple has been providing better notification support and options, do not disturb has also gotten better. You can set it for a time. Siri sometimes will suggest, oh, you're in a meeting. Do you want this on until you leave the meeting? That never works for me, but maybe it's because all my events are at home, so it doesn't it doesn't count them the same. But do not disturb is like, that's one way to solve this, but it's it's a really broad tool. And to really make this better, they've got to work on the notification side of it too. But like, don't overlook Do Not Disturb in this conversation because it is powerful. You can long press on your iPhone on the Do Not Disturb item in the control center and there's a bunch of options there. So explore that as well. So maybe if notifications are really bothering you during a certain time of day or a certain you know situation, Do Not Disturb can be a, a temporary fix as well. Yeah, agreed. And um, we, I put a thread uh, about this show in the Mac Power Users forums as we let up. And this has been a very active thread as I'm looking at it now. There's many views and posts. So I would, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can go through and read through some of the listeners' tips. Um, a lot of them echo the stuff we talked about today, you know, paring things down, getting rid of the stuff that's not useful. Um, there were some shout outs to Pushcut. Um, uh, Pushcut is a cool app on iOS that allows you to do some interesting things with notifications and automation tools. Rosemary and I covered, there's a whole episode of that on the Automators podcast. I'll put a, a link to that. And, uh, you know, but it seems like everybody here has the same thing. Process it down to the to the minimal number of notifications so you can make it work for you. Totally. Um, so as I said at the beginning of the show, I, I feel like notifications are something that, can have a happy ending. Uh, you know, when I was talking earlier about that developer feedback, the idea of, of letting them know that a bunch of people unsubscribed your notifications when you started sending garbage out, I think the downside of that is not many people would actually do that. I think most people just let notification turn into this dumpster fire on their device where it doesn't serve them and just gets in the way and, and ultimately doesn't doesn't help them. It doesn't give them the notifications they need. So uh, this is a, but this is a problem that properly wrangled, you can, you can make notifications your friend again. So, uh, you have homework on this episode of the old Mac power users between now and next week. Why don't you take a minute, go through and, and pare down your notifications to just those that work for you. And it's something magical because suddenly it's like your phone got a new feature. It's like, Oh, this is really useful now. And I really like having notifications. So rather than being something that just make you aggravated, they're something that actually add, you know, make your life better. Well, yeah, and it can mean that when your phone does make a noise or your watch does tap you, that you know it's worth pulling away from real life to see because it's something that you have a past version of you has decided is worthy of your interruption. And yeah, the reality is most of the stuff just isn't right, and we we live in this world where I mean I feel this where I feel like I'm getting pulled in a bunch of different directions, and sometimes the the best option is just to put everything and do not disturb for a little while. But yeah, there there should be middle ground there where you don't have to go that severe to feel like you're in control. Yeah, 
you know, what if you could rely on notifications that were truly of interest? What if you knew that when your watch tapped you or your phone buzzed, it was going to give you something that was going to be useful to you? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? It would. The dream is real. You can do it. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. go and set it up. We talked through the tools here. Uh, there's going to be a forum post on this. So I'm sure there'll be listeners also sounding off there. If you have any questions, that'd be a great place to ask them. Um, we're doing a, a series over on the Focus podcast about overload. And the very first episode is called Information Overload. Focus 91. We'll put a, show, a link for that in the show notes if you're interested in kind of the bigger elements kind of beyond tech of this problem. That'd be something worth listening to. But um you know, go fix your notifications, gang. Not that hard. It takes a little time. Yeah. My Mac is still a work in progress, but I'm I'm feeling real good about my iPhone and iPad and, and watch. We yeah. didn't really talk about the iPad, but to me, the iPad is an even more narrow set of notifications. Almost nothing gets through there because I, I try to work on that kind of as a safe space with no, right. no bothers. Yeah. Mine is basically a mirror of my iPhone, more or less. Yeah. All right. Well, we are the Mac Power Users. This was our notification show. You can find us over on relay.fm slash MPU. You can find the forums at talk.macpowerusers.com. Steven's over at 512 Pixels. What's going on at 512 Pixels, Steven? Anything exciting? Well, you know, uh, last week was the 10th anniversary of the iPad. So I did this video where I rewatched the keynote and did like a commentary track over it, like a weird experiment. And People seem to like it, so maybe I'll do more of it, but that was a, a fun project recently. Yeah, I've got uh, a new thing I'm doing that is going to come out either right before the show posts or right after. Um, uh, the Fantastic Hell version 3 is coming out. They asked me to make screencasts for their product. Turned out to be like two hours of video. Wow. <laughs> it was turned into a lot. It's over 30. I, I, I don't know what the final count is now, but they were nice enough to say, yeah, you can go ahead and release that as a free field guide too. So... There's a new free field guide, uh, and I'll um, have it on Max Sparky, and I'll send it out to the newsletter subscribers, where uh, you can you can get um, a lot of information about how to use that fa- that fantastic calendar app. And there's a bunch of advice, general advice about using calendars, sprinkled throughout those videos. So there's something you can go get. Doesn't cost you anything. All right. Uh, once again, we're the Mac Power Users. Relay.fm slash MPU. Thank you to our sponsors, Bolin Branch, Smile, 1Password, and Squarespace. And we'll see you next week.